It's January 18th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottenhor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that four young men have been executed in connection with the nationwide protests that erupted in Iran four months ago, while 18 other people have been sentenced to death. Human rights groups have said they were convicted after grossly unfair sham trials. Mohammed Mehdi Karami, a 22-year-old karate champion, was hanged on the 7th of January, just 65 days after his arrest. Sources have told BBC Persian that he had less than 15 minutes to defend himself in court. His story shows how authorities in Iran are using show trials to strike fear into the hearts of the protesters who have been demanding freedom and an end to the clerical regime. China is likely to see 36,000 COVID-19 deaths a day during the Chinese New Year holidays, making it one of the most deadly periods of the pandemic, according to an updated analysis of the largest outbreak the world has yet experienced. This would be 10 times the worst period in the United States. The revised figures from the independent forecasting firm Airfinity added 11,000 deaths a day to its December 29th estimate, a jump that shows the astonishing pace of the outbreak and the lack of clear information about how the virus is spreading in the world's most populous nation. Airfinity estimates that cumulative COVID-19 deaths in China stand at 608,000 since December. Officially, China reported nearly 60,000 COVID-19-related deaths among hospitalized patients for the first five weeks of the current outbreak. A Ukrainian emergency service helicopter crashed in Brovary, a city just east of Kyiv, and killed Ukrainian Interior Minister Denis Monastrysky, his deputy, Yevhen Yenin, and the ministry's secretary, Yuri Lubkovich. According to the Kyiv Independent, Kyiv Oblast Governor Alexei Kulba reported that as of 10.30 a.m., 18 people, including three children, were killed due to the crash. An additional 29 people were injured, including 15 children. It is too early to determine the cause of the crash, but it is under investigation. Elsewhere, the AP reports that Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Ressa and her online news company were cleared Wednesday of tax evasion charges she said were among a slew of legal cases used by former Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte to try to muzzle critical reporting. The Court of Tax Appeals ruled that prosecutors failed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Ressa and Rappler Holdings Corporation evaded tax payments in four instances after raising capital through partnerships with two foreign investors. The acquittal of the accused is based on the findings of the court that respondents did not commit the crime charged. Rappler welcomed the ruling as a triumph of facts over politics. Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva ordered yesterday the removal of 40 soldiers guarding the presidential residence after outspokenly criticizing the military for failing to act against rioters 
who raided Brasilia's seats of power on January 8th. According to Deutsche Welle, the Brazilian president has ordered a thorough review of the staff. After the raids, Lula suggested that security force members were complicit in allowing the attack. Lula said yesterday that he believed the door to the Planalto Palace was opened for people to enter because there are no broken doors. Supporters of the former president refused to accept that Bolsonaro lost his bid for re-election, claiming the election has been stolen. Bolsonaro, who left Brazil for Florida on the second-to-last day of his term, is being investigated on suspicion of fueling the raids. Al Jazeera is reporting that more than two dozen aid and campaign groups have called for international creditors to cancel a large portion of Ghana's debts as it struggles to contend with an economic crisis. Ghana's consumer inflation rose to a record 54% year-on-year in December, driven by rising fuel, utility, and food costs. International reserves have dwindled to less than two months of import cover. Ghana is expected to miss a $41 million interest payment due on a 1 billion euro bond on Wednesday. The Ministry of Finance said in December that interest payments have risen to 70% to 100% of government revenue. Signatories of the letter, which included Oxfam, Christian Aid, Caritas Ghana, Debt Justice and Action Aid, said the key challenge was to get private lenders to agree to a significant debt cancellation. The G20 can help by making clear that Ghana will be politically and financially supported to remain in default on any creditor which does not accept the necessary debt restructuring, they said. The IMF has said its board will approve the deal only if Ghana undergoes comprehensive debt restructuring. According to Politico Europe, Pier Antonio Penzeri, a former Italian EU lawmaker among four people detained in the European Parliament corruption probe, has struck a plea deal with the Belgian prosecutor to exchange information for a reduced sentence. According to a press release from the Belgian prosecutor, Penzeri will inform investigators of key details in the ongoing probe into whether foreign countries, including Qatar, illegally influenced the parliament's work. Panzeri will hand over information on financial arrangements, the countries involved, who benefited, and who was involved. One of Panzeri's lawyers said that Panzeri acknowledges having participated in acts of corruption. Notably, Panzeri has also agreed to disclose the names of those he admits to having bribed, the prosecutor said. In lighter news from the UPI, a Michigan man who couldn't remember if he had already purchased a lottery ticket ended up with two identical tickets and won two jackpots. The Montcalm County man told Michigan lottery officials he was at the mobile gas station on West Main Street in Stanton when he couldn't remember if he already had a ticket for the December 17th Fantasy Five drawing. The man later determined he had indeed already bought an identical ticket from the Sheridan Easy Mart on South Main Street in Sheridan. He said the next surprise came when he saw the amount of his prize. I checked my tickets and confirmed I had won, but I thought I'd won 55000 on each. 
when I called the lottery and they confirmed both tickets were $110,000 winners, a feeling of relief came over me, he said. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.